This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Happy Sunday, everybody. Welcome into week 13. Yes, week 13 of the NFL season. Saints hosting the Detroit Lions today in the Caesar Superdome, a noon kickoff. Uh, Steve Geller right here along with Jeff Nowak getting you ready for uh, the Bud Light Countdown to kickoff, which will be coming up at 10 a.m. with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Hebert. And like I was saying, the broadcast inside the dome with Jeff Nowak, Deuce McAllister, Mike Hawes, along with the engineer Robert Carroll kicking off Noon in the Superdome. Good to have you around, Jeff. I know it's been, uh, it seems like every time we get together for these home games, it's like, ah, I haven't seen you in forever. Yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been basically a month <laughs> since the Saints played. Now I get to see you three weeks in a row, so I'll get sick of you. Yeah, it's also been a month since the Saints won a game. Ouch. You know, and that's, that's disappointing, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, you know, it feels like there was some positive vibes the last time we were here, you know, and the, and the Bears were in town and the Saints won that game and, there was a lot of like, well, why didn't you win it by more? And now, now yeah. you know, they went out and lost. Just want to win in general. <laughs> yeah, then they got a week off, and then they went to Atlanta, and it's just been, you know, every time you think this team has a chance to kind of get things rolling in the right direction, they turn around and kind of fall flat on their face. And that's the only way you can really describe what happened in Atlanta because it's a situation where you move the ball at will. You got into the red zone five times, but you failed at every opportunity when it came to scoring a touchdown. And that's been the story of this season for the Saints is a lot of yards. You know, and you can't you can't deny that. They have moved the ball. Dennis Allen will describe this offense as being explosive and while people might roll their eyes in terms of the points scored, they have been explosive. They're tied for first in the NFL in plays of 40 yards or more. They had six plays of 20-plus yards in that game against the Falcons despite losing seemingly every playmaker on the offense. So, you know, you have to figure out how to get things done in the red zone, and until you can do that, this is going to be a very, very, very frustrating team to watch. You talk about frustrating. It looks like it could be a frustrating matchup going into this game. Obviously, a tough Detroit uh, Lions team we know very physical very familiar with some of the coaching staff even some players over there have some black and gold uh, ties uh, the you know you got someone like Alex Anzalone although he's not playing mm-hmm. in this game well, he's doubtful. A, Ch- a Chauncey yeah. Gardner Johnson not, not playing, playing in this game definitely not playing. <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater probably, uh, t- probably not, not playing, playing. <laughs> right um, but yeah the, with coaching staff wise a lot of black and gold connections there obviously Dan Campbell the main man uh, leading this Detroit Lions squad the comment about biting kneecaps in his introductory uh, press conference seems to have followed him but man oh man this this organization this team really is rally around uh, Campbell as their leader and you know you everyone might have laughed as his outgoing boisterous personality but it has worked in Detroit 
<laughs> yeah, and, and you can also there's a, there's a few others on that coaching staff. You remember JT Barrett? You know he's the assistant quarterbacks coach. Mark Brunel is the quarterbacks coach. Super Bowl <laughs> champ, right? Yeah, and so you know it's it's interesting. And and Dan's coming home. I'm sure he got some shrimp gumbo last night. It's like the only <laughs> thing he cares about apparently. Uh, I, I heard he was out at Katie's, which is a very Local you're spot. from here right. place exactly. to go. You know, it even flooded just for Dan, so he got that kind of reminder of what New Orleans can be like in this time of year. And uh, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting, and I'm sure he's excited about this game. One thing, you know, we had an interview this week with a with a Stony from 92 on the ticket, and you know, I was telling him it's like I think Saints fans know more about Dan Campbell now. <laughs> than they did in the years that he coached here. Because when you're an assistant coach, you're kind of in the background. And then all of a sudden, Hard Knocks goes to Detroit. And despite going 3-13-1 in his first season. Guys, let me say that again. 3-13-1. In year two, he started 1-6. And and yet this guy is beloved because he was able to turn this thing around for Detroit. And, you know, it's a success story that – I think if you asked any reasonable Lions fan through about a year and a half, they would not have they would not have deemed it possible that they could be where they are right now at eight and three and in control of the NFC North. Uh, Jeff Saints did announce some roster moves yesterday, but surprisingly, well, not surprisingly, but I thought we would hear about Chris Olave being cleared from the concussion protocol. That has not happened yet, but we keep hearing little whispers around the social media sphere that he is expected to be a go today, which would be a huge positive for this offense right now. Yeah, well, they don't have to declare him healthy. You know, that, that's not something they have to do, and they won't until, they, until you know, with the inactive list is going to come out later this morning, and that's when you'll know, right? Because if he was not going to play, he'd be inactive. But, yeah, I mean, they were. Uh, Dennis Allen said on Friday that he had not cleared as of Friday, but he did say that it, there was a chance he could still clear by Sunday, and I don't know if he was cleared by the independent neurologist yesterday or maybe they just met early this morning. I don't know how that works. But, you know, it's uh, I think that you ran it down to the wire because you needed to, right? I think in a lot of cases, if you don't clear it by Friday, it's just in your best interest to make sure you know the plan going in and you don't want any, any variables. Well, when you're without Mike Thomas and Rashid Shahid on top of that, you know, I think it's like, yo, if we can get him out there, we're going to get him out there. And, you know, fortunately, it sounds like the Saints are going to, are gonna, you know, catch a break in that regard, and they'll have at least one member of their starting wide receiver room out there. But they're still going to need somebody to step up behind him. It can't be all Chris Olave. So is it going to be Lynn Bowden? You did elevate Marquez Callaway, so that's he's going to be a guy. A.T. Perry, although, you know, I, I do wonder how much of the confidence in him was shaken a little bit by that kind of gaffe on the first red zone trip against the Falcons. I, I'd like to think that he can rebuild that and he's a rookie, but that's kind of the, the struggle of putting a rookie in the lineup is they are going to have those kind of bizarre, you know, moments where you're just like, yeah, that's a rookie. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's going to be something, but it's definitely, you know, I don't think I need to, I need to explain why it's a good thing that the Saints have Chris Olave out there today. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you mentioned, obviously, Rashid Shahid has been listed out uh, dealing with the thigh issue. Also out for this game, safety Marcus May, running back Kendra Miller, uh, linebacker Pete Werner, questionable Cam Jordan, Blake Groupie, Eric McCoy, and we were talking about Chris Olave. Cam Jordan's one we keep hearing about. It's going to be that game-time decision, uh, like right down to the wire. I guess we'll have to see, or you'll have to see, what's going to go on during those <laughs> warm-ups when you get to the field. Yeah, Cam Cam is a guy that doesn't miss games, right? right? You know, he's missed three games. I'm sorry, two games in his career. One each of the last two <laughs> seasons. One was due to COVID when right. he didn't even have any symptoms. He just couldn't play. That was a game against the Jets in 2021. 
last year, I can't recall the game, but he missed it with that orbital fracture. Might have been the Ravens game. I'd have to, I'd have to go back and check. And uh, this year, you know, if he misses today, it would be his, his third straight season with a missed game after 11 years of not missing a game. And his oh, whole, age. How, yeah. it, how it treats your body. Well, the, the thing he told me uh, early this offseason, which, uh, you know, his dad kind of jokes in the back. He's like, hey, you're just a 16-game player. Because, <laughs> you know, he had never missed a game in his career until they moved to 17 games. So technically. The body could just take 16 yeah, he games. Yeah, can only do 16 games. If you only have 16 games, he can go forever. But that 17th game, man, you can't get to it. But that would be the case again this year if you can't. Going to take a break, and when we get back, we're going to get into some of the scouts notebook, checking out those visiting Detroit Lions with our WWL NFL analyst, Mike Detillier. We get right back on First Take after the break here on WWL. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love. Hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Welcome back into First Take, getting ready for a noon start here in the Caesar Superdome. Jeff Nowak, Steve Geller already hanging out in the area, getting ready. Like I said, noon kickoff. Mike D's notebook, getting in Mike Dettelier, WWL NFL analyst. Previewing this uh, matchup, Mike D's Notebook brought to you by the Thibodeau Regional Health System. And, Mike, uh, at least in this matchup, I guess you could say you got a tough quarterback in Jared Goff, but I can at least say hopefully and pretty this guy's not going to be taking off for yardage down the field when it comes to scrambling. No, he's not been a guy that uh, <laughs> has that on the resume, so to speak. And, you know, we spoke about it during the week with Bobby He sort of reminds me of him and that, you know, he sort of stays in that little area every once in a while. He might take off and run with it a bit, but he's never been known as a guy that uh, is going to be much of a runner outside of the pocket. He's uh, always had this other nature too with him is being a bit streaky and where he'll get on a three or four game run where, man, he throws the football as well as anybody, and he's accurate, and he's you can see the timing skills and touch and delivery. And then all of a sudden, you know, he has a game or two where he doesn't play real well at all. And we've seen that the last two weeks with uh, Jared Goff. He's turned the football over six times the last two weeks. And, you know, you, you understand a little bit why, I guess, Sean McVay moved off of him uh, with the Rams and went with Matt Stafford instead. 
He, he saw a guy with a little bit more physical skills, maybe had the ability to drill the ball a little bit farther downfield. And, but, man, Garrett, uh, when I look at him, he's really played well this year for the most part. And then the last two weeks, it, it was a win over Chicago, but it was an ugly one. And then we saw on Thanksgiving Day, he didn't play well at all against Green Bay. So you got a guy here with talent, but there's something to his game. And it's it's difficult to explain uh, when you scout people, but it sort of falls back to the same thing, similar to Derek Carr, who's had troubles uh, if it was in Oakland, Las Vegas, now with the Saints in the red zone, and now the streaky nature of Jared Goff, of him throwing the football and turning it over, and a couple fumbles in that in those six giveaways too. So he's got to be cognizant of that, but he's got a lot of talent around him in Detroit. He doesn't have to be Superman, okay? You just do your job. But sometimes I think he tries to – overexceed his talent yeah so if Jared Goff has a good day today it's probably going to be uh, in part because Amon Amon Ross St. Brown uh, was uncoverable by the Saints and he's a guy that I remember going back to the draft he dropped to the fourth round and I was just begging the Saints to take him because you could see him at a USC he's just a guy who's going to dominate out of the slot but he's also been very useful on the outsides for the Lions I think he has 82 catches this year already and he's just a guy that you know he doesn't blow anybody away I think he doesn't get talked about enough because he doesn't do anything spectacularly but he does just make play after play after play particularly in the middle of the field and what, what do you see from him yeah Jeff um what he does is he gets open okay uh isn't that what you want from a receiver he was never a super fast, super big, super quick guy. Uh, if it was high school or college, all he did was get open. All he did was make plays. All he did was move the chains. And if you don't respect his speed, he'll, he'll beat you on the outside. Tough guy, real smart, very good route runner. He is real slick to get into and out of a cut and a break and sort of set you up. Uh, to gain separation downfield, and he's fearless going over the middle. He, he's the guy that, hey, just throw it, and I'm going to go get it. Um, he ended up being a fourth-round pick, which surprised me a little bit because I had him in my top 100. But, again, I think sometimes you get caught up in the measurables, and we see it in the NFL that, okay, he didn't run this fast. He's not a 4-4, 40-yard guy. All he does is make plays. He's perfectly built for what the Lions want to do, and that's move the chains, keep you on the field. And, you know, they have a guy that can stretch the field. And and Jamison Williams, former Alabama wideout. But Amon is a really good football player. I think he's one of the more underrated offensive players in the game for what he's done the last two years. He doesn't get a lot of recognition because he's not sort of built for the spectacular play, but he's built to make things happen and to move those chains, get you a touchdown in the red zone. He's a very good football player and he is one tough wideout. And you watch him, he goes over the middle, man, he's not afraid to get hit. And even in today's NFL, where you shouldn't have to worry about it because they don't let you 
uh, hit them high or hit them low. They they still worried about going over the middle. That's not St. Brown. Man, he's a damn good football player. I'd love to have him on my team. Mike, I remember heading into this year's NFL draft, this past draft, you raving about the tight end class. Sam Laporta, a second-round pick of this Detroit Lions squad, has really put up significant numbers year one for them. And uh, I guess – he eases uh, the kind of loss or them moving on from a guy like Aiden Hutchinson, and you see them getting the cheaper option here. But, man, Laporta, uh, someone that's around five to eight targets a game for them constantly. Yeah, you know, and it surprised me a little bit with TJ because, um, man, he's, he's a really good football player. They just could not come up with a financial price uh, to make it work for both of them and then they end up picking Laporta in round two and the one thing with Iowa boy you saw it last night you talk about a lousy offense but man they play defense but the one thing they produce or two things offensive linemen and tight ends and think about uh, T.J. Hawkinson Noah uh, Fant Uh, you think about George Kittle and now Laporta comes in and he's been an instant guy for them it's instant mix uh when he's out on the field as a rookie he's a tall tight end who can catch the football he's solid as an inline blocker but uh he is real good as a route runner that that's the thing you see with him and he he knows how to sort of plant and pivot almost using a basketball move uh to get free downfield and set himself up for that throw from golf and Goff's always liked to throw the football to the tight end. That's something I remember. Uh, I found a picture with him and I at Manning camp uh, when he was entering his final year at Cal. And it's one of the things he brought up, man. I, I love throwing the football to the tight end. I think it's underutilized in college football. And now you see how well he uses Laporta with the Lions. He's a big target tight end. I wouldn't categorize him as a wide receiver playing tight end. No, he's a tight end playing tight end. He's a big man, and he knows how to get open. He's very physical uh, as a blocker, but he's real physical downfield, too. And once he makes the catch, he ain't going down with an arm tackle. You better wrap him up in good. And so he's been a big part, and even Dan Campbell has brought up about, uh, and Dan being a former tight end, that his progress is much quicker than they thought it would be in the NFL. And he's very motivated. The one thing with Sam and why I think some people, uh, I had him ranked as a second-round pick along with, I think, most most others. But I think going into it, some people maybe thought he would fall into the third round uh, because it was so many in this draft class. But his interviews and how much he loved the game and how much dedication he has spending all that time in the film room working on his craft, uh, I think really helped him come draft day. And he's a great fit. Though when a former tight end picks you to play that position, you know one thing, he knows a little bit of something about that spot. Yeah, Mike, I actually saw that picture you were talking about, and I had to do a double take because I was like, wait, is that Jared Goff from present day? Because he looks exactly the same. It was like an eight-year-old picture. So good for Jared. Yeah. You know, that skincare routine is clearly working for him. Um, but let's, Man, he, what, he, you're right. You're right. Yeah, and he was talking <laughs> to me so much about his dad 
who's a former Major League Baseball player. That he, We spent a big part of the interview with that and that how much, you know, he learned about playing baseball, but he found out, he told me when he was about 15 years old, man, um, my dad was a lot better baseball player than I was at 15. i got to play football. <laughs> gotcha. You know, and just switching, switching sides a little bit here, obviously the, the news is that Chris Olave should be out there. You expect him to play. But, you know, behind him, you're still going to need someone to step up there. And, and I'm curious, who, you, who are you looking at to be that guy, whether, you know, it's Limbo, Natey, Perry, uh, Marquez Callaway, any of those guys? Yeah, Lynn Bowden would be the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've never questioned the talent level with Lynn Bowden. Now, sometimes the focus, um, uh, sometimes understanding what he has to do on every play. But now, I've never questioned Lynn Bowden's talent to play in the NFL. He's got it. He's a big-time athlete, and he can play. Now, when he's focused and he's ready to go, he can play at this level and very well. Uh, but, you know, he's bounced around, Jeff, and I think you come to a point where you say, I, I might not get another chance. Uh, this might be it. And hopefully he can turn what I think is a lot of potential into production because we, we've seen him. Uh, I saw him so much in high school and then college at Kentucky where he was a dominant player no matter where they played him. Uh, if he was at quarterback in the Wildcat, he played wide receiver, played a little bit of running back. Man, he can play. But again, sometimes you make bad decisions on people around you and your total focus as a player. And you think you got this league. Okay, I got it because I did it at high school and college. No, you don't. And there's a reality moment there. Um, I'm anxious to see if Lynn can, can turn the key on the engine because he's physically got all the talent that you would look for. Mike got an interesting brother versus brother matchup today. Saints Lions, uh, Nephi Sewell, linebacker for the Black and Gold, and then Penne Sewell over on the offensive tackle side for the Lions. Uh, Penne's really been a force along that O line uh, for them since coming into the league. I'm sure uh, Joe Burrow wishes maybe that the Cincinnati Bengals took him instead of a Jamar Chase a little bit, but I guess you can't really argue with Jamar's production either as a wide receiver. But Joe, Joe Burrow could certainly use protection that. Penny Sewell's capable of. Yeah, they got three brothers all, all playing <laughs> right. in the NFL. I mean, good gracious. You talk about some genetics there. Um, man, Penny, when he was at Oregon, <laughs> uh, you can count on one finger the amount of people that was as good as he was. I mean, he was a dominant player uh, with the Ducks. Uh, ended up being a real high first-round pick. He's played right tackle. Very physical player at the point of attack can really move the pile. You see that when they need yardage, they run the football right behind him. So would I. I mean, and he's real aggressive uh, as a player. And sometimes that'll get him in trouble as a pass protector. But as a run blocker, that's not a lot of guys in his category. Big, tough, physical guy. And he buries you, or he tries to. And he gets his hands on you. Uh, you ain't making no play. Uh, he's really been one of the first cornerstones of rebuilding the Lions football team and the type player Dan Campbell wants. He's very talented, very focused, 
And as a run blocker, there's not a lot of guys in his category. He's gotten better as a pass protector. And many people feel maybe eventually he may go on the left side. But right now, there's not a lot of right tackles playing as well as Panay Sewell. Yeah, Mike, my, my last question, you know, there's been a lot of talk this week and obviously this season, and honestly throughout Derek Carr's entire career about red zone efficiency, being a re- good red zone quarterback, scoring touchdowns in the red zone. I think the stat I looked up this week, you're talking about passes inside the 10-yard line, he's 5 for 22. It's like a 23% something per- completion percentage. That's 29th out of 29 in terms of quarterbacks with 10-plus attempts in that part of the field. I'm just curious, as you watch Derek Carr operate, what you know is it as simple as you know just you get into the red zone and it's it's tighter windows, everything's a little faster? Well, what do you see from him in, in that part of his game? Well, it's so condensed. Then you ha- your options, and it has to be quick, is information processing mm-hmm. at that level. you got to do it much quicker than what he does. And he moves the football up very well, 20 to 20. So, again, there's a mental part in this. And now it's in your head. But I, I've always believed it's the quick processing information. When you get in the red zone, that is really the key there. And that part of the game, it almost as though there's some hesitation with him on exactly where he should go with the football. And I think that that has stayed with him throughout his pro career. You didn't see it as much in college. He had a little bit of it, but it's a different game, different game from college to pro. I think the quick processing on where to go with the football is the real key in the red zone. We got spoiled a little bit. Drew knew what to do with the ball when he got in the red zone, okay? And if option one was, wasn't there, he knew where option two was. But it was quick because what happens is not only they're using the back of the end zone as an extra defender, they can get on you as a pass rusher much quicker that way. Because if I'm sending people, I, I sort of know that you're going to get rid of the football quick point. So that is really in the head of Derek Carr right now. Quick processing information, and that's what's the cut in this league. Can you do it at a high level once the field is small and you can use that back of the end zone like another defender? Mike, always appreciate the time. Be talking to you some more when it gets to the Bud Light Countdown to kickoff, which comes up at 10 a.m. Thank you, Mikey. Thanks, guys. Y'all take care. Thanks, Mike. That was Mike D's Notebook brought to you by the Thibodeau Regional Health System. Be back with more First Take after the break right here on WWL Saints Radio. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
A lot can happen between falling in love with a house and owning it. Having an advocate who can help you navigate negotiations, timelines, inspections, and more can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Speaking of Oakland Heart Jewelers, it's our Oakland Heart Jewelers Rolex time check. Three hours, 15 minutes till a noon kickoff in the Caesar Superdome between the Saints and Lions. Black and gold trying to get back in the win column, have dropped their last two. Head coach Dennis Allen spoke on Friday. Here's what coach had to say leading up to this game against the Lions. Can you talk about uh, Aiden Hutchinson and just the, the impact he has with their defense? Yeah, look, I think he's, a, I think he's an outstanding football player. Uh, he's big, strong, he's tough, he's fast, um, plays extremely hard. I mean, I think he's, um, you know, kind of the lifeblood of their, their defense and, and the epitome of what their defense is, is just a, a tough, physical, gritty group. Um, he plays a run exceptionally well. Uh, he's affected the passer. Um, I just think he's an outstanding football player. I can't say enough good things about him. What's going to be the challenge in defending Amon Ross St. Brown without Marshawn Lattimore in there? Yeah, look, I mean, he'd be a challenge no matter who's in yeah. there covering him. Um, I think he's an outstanding player. He does a great job of he, – he's smart, he's tough, he's highly competitive. He does a really good job of getting in and out of his breaks. Uh, he presents a lot of challenges um, in terms of being able to cover him. And then, look, there's a lot of run after catch with that player. So he, he's a really tough player to, defeat, to when, defend. When you're prepared for somebody like that, is it almost an expectation that you expect one of your top corners to shadow him? But with Marshawn out, you're kind of expecting both Paulson and Ike to see him at different times. Yeah, look, I think the hard thing with him is that he lines in a lot of different places, you know. So it's not like he's one of these guys that, you know, he's going to go line up over at the X position. You know where he's going to be. You know, on 75, 80% of the snaps, or, you know, he lines up outside, he lines up in the slot, he lines up in the backfield, he's all over the place. So, um, you know, there, there's a good chance there'll be a multitude of players that'll have to be on him at any point. What is more challenging to take away, their passing game or their run game? Both. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, look, they're, they're, they do a really good job at both. Um, they run the ball exceptionally well. Their offensive line is, is a big physical group. They've got two, you know, really good runners. You know, one's a little bit more of a tough, physical, you know, pound you type runner. The other one's runs hard, runs physical, but, you know, he's got a little bit more of the, you know, slash uh, type of running style to him. So both of them present challenges. You know, obviously in the passing game, again, it really starts with protecting the quarterback and giving him clean pockets to throw into. And they do a really good job on their play action passing game. Again, it's another team that, you know, they've got their shots down the field and yet, um, there's a lot of things where they're getting the ball underneath and getting a lot of run after catch. So, um, look, I think this is just a really good, talented offense that we're facing. Uh, they operate at a high level, um, and it'll be a challenge. Dennis, I was kind of surprised at their low sack total because they do have a quarterback who will stay in the pocket. I, I thought maybe that would give teams opportunities to get to them, but what, what is it that they do well to, to well, win those sacks? a couple things. I mean, you know, again, they, 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 they've got a, uh, you know, pretty good, pretty good system of play action passing game with some max protection stuff to give you know give him some time and some clean pockets to throw into and then when they get into their drop back passing game you know he gets through his progressions pretty good and finds the open guy and you know he doesn't really hold on to the ball a lot so look they execute at a high level after going through the week is this week maybe for jimmy graham or how do you feel kind of about him going in i think there's a potential we could see and this is random but like or maybe dumb even but 
he has rest days on like Wednesdays, even though he's been inactive. Can you just kind of walk us through like why that is. Yeah, I mean, I, I think when you've got an older veteran player like that, we kind of knew that coming in when we signed him. That's kind of been the routine that he's been through in the last several years. So, you know, we've kind of been able to just kind of stick to that routine a little bit. Dennis, uh, Derek's been getting a lot of criticism locally, fans, you know, how that goes to quarterback position. I mean, but I've noticed messaging from the organization, you, Mickey, Pete, yesterday, kind of deflecting some of that. I mean, do you feel it's warranted? Or the quarterback, some of the criticism that's coming? Or... Look, I, obviously when you're not winning like you want to win, um, you know, there's certainly the head coach, the quarterback, the coordinators, those, that, that's where the, the brunt of the, uh, you know, the criticism goes. And look, rightfully so, because that's really where the, uh, you know, those are the, the, the key uh, cogs in the, in, the, in the operation. And so, um, I think we all understand that that kind of comes with the territory a little bit, um, you know. And, and Derek's just going to put his head down and go to work. Uh, but it's a it's a team game, you know. And there's three phases that go along with it. There's 11 players out there on the field on every play, um, and and everybody's got to be able to execute to have success. Have you seen him this week respond in any way? At yeah. All? Look, I think he had a good week of practice. So um, I'm, I'm I'm pleased with and comfortable with. Uh, you know, where Derek Carr is. Saints head coach Dennis Allen speaking to the media there on Friday, getting ready for the Detroit Lions, which will kick off noon right here on WWL Saints Radio. Do appreciate the question about Jimmy Graham, Jeff, uh, asking why does this guy that's not playing need a day of rest, but it's, I guess, something that's been built into his contract where he is an older veteran, so it is considered a, you know, the day of rest because of he's up there in age. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's in his contract per se, but it, clearly he came in with the understanding that this is just how I have operated as an NFL player over the last several seasons, and this is how it's going to work. And, you know, whether he's playing or not, you know, I don't think they're worried about Jimmy Graham knowing his, what his job is, <laughs> right? And to, to be fair, you know, in, in kind of the grand scheme of practice, and we talked about this this week in terms of the Saints move some of their red zone work up from Friday to Thursday to try to get more of it. They're still doing their red They still did their red zone work on Friday, but they got more of it done on Thursday this week as well. And so you're looking at it's like, well, Jimmy Graham is probably more involved in the second and th- or in the third down and red zone packages to begin with. That's, right, exactly. That's what you would do on Thursdays and Fridays. So I think that's probably part of it too. And most teams operate in that way, where first and second down is on is on uh, Wednesdays. So I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if it's like, yeah, we don't really. You know, that he's not the primary in those situations anyway, so it's not really you're, – you're still getting classroom work. You're still doing that. So it's just something to talk about. And the real, the, the real conversation is why isn't he playing, not why isn't he practicing on Wednesdays. And, you know, we might see him today, right? We talked about how you're going into it without several key uh, playmakers on offense. You should have Chris Olave, so maybe that does limit what you might have wanted to do with Jimmy Graham. Right. It sure would be nice to see him do something in the Dome. I think that would be a good way to get some of these fans into it because I know people are pretty frustrated about that. No, going into this game, obviously, against a tough, physical Detroit Lions squad, it it has a potential to get ugly early in the Superdome with the way things have gone for the Saints. You don't want all of a sudden the fans to turn on this Saints team here. Well, we saw what happened in that Thursday night game, right, against the Jags, and, you know, they've just had a terrible first half. Right. They heard some boos. You know, and it's going to be the same today. You know, I don't think that's – and I don't think the fans are wrong in that. Um, you know, I heard some first half boos against the Bears. I think that was probably a little – you know, they were fine in that situation. But, you know, it's – got to put on a show for your home fans, right? That's your job. 
you got to come out here and do it and get the fans into it. you got to give them reasons to be excited. And, you know, I, I, at a certain point, it's like yeah, yeah, you can get you get mad at the fans for booing, I guess, but they're, they're, they're very justified in that and in, in some of the, how these first halves have gone. Stepping away here for a break here on First Take. We'll be back with more right after this here on WWL Saints Radio. Welcome back into First Take, closing out the first hour here on WWL Saints Radio. Jeff, our Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text line, not very positive about today's uh, for predicted outcome, 32-25, saying Detroit 54, New Orleans 15, 88-73 <laughs> going what? What's up? Hope the Saints win today. My prediction, Lions win, Lions 34, Saints 6, show me Saints, P-I-Y, oh, P-I-Y. P-Y-Y I, I with play, heart. I think it's supposed to say play with heart. Play with heart and pride, yeah. no matter who's on the field, <laughs> thanks. You know, that's been a big complaint, obviously, from fans in these matchups. And I think it's easy to point to just about anything when you're not winning. But to say the team's not playing with effort, I don't really know if I agree with that. Yeah, and I, I think they're the, – uh, yeah, I don't know if that's true. But, you know, I think people get lost in the perception of, like, oh, the Lions are this dominant team and the Saints have been this scrub and – you know, you go go look at the last two games by the Lions. They have not been a good team. They, they we hope they continue that turnover trend. Right. That's they for sure. They scratched a win out against the against the Bears barely, and then they you know got beaten by the Packers on Thanksgiving. Right. So you're talking about a team that isn't playing its best football right now, and their defense has been susceptible to say the least. They are 30th in the league in terms of allowing red zone touchdowns. The Saints are 29th in the league in terms of scoring red zone touchdowns. So I think that's going to be the story. Can, is there any way we can adjust the moon to where it was on Thanksgiving? to where you know where it is today i mean i know i heard i saw that in one of the social media posts that the lions are over whenever it's in some kind of phase the moon oh. and it just so happened to be that on thanksgiving and it was like their seventh or eighth straight loss when the moon is in that cycle see i've heard dan campbell doesn't believe in the moon <laughs> so maybe that's it too yeah maybe i don't know something like that i i don't think that holds a ton of weight <laughs> <personally>. <laughs> i'll take anything right now to try and get this black and gold squad back on track um obviously you know things are tied in the division right now it's not complete and utter disaster although you would think with the way that fans are acting right now it is utter despair but i mean it's Saints tied with the Falcons right now. Nobody wants to hear yeah. it, and obviously Atlanta has the edge and the tiebreaker. I, I think the Saints match up better in this game than people want to give them credit for, right? I think this is going to be a game where the Saints can actually go rush a guy where he is. And that's, you know, and the, the annoying thing about this Saints defense is that they're don't, they are not built to stop mobile quarterbacks, and mobile quarterbacks give them a hard time. Well, you finally get a matchup where you don't have that. And you go and you look at the Bucks games over the last two years, and there's a reason that the Saints have performed well against the Bucks when they had Tom Brady and a lot of other teams did not, right? Like, this is a matchup that, you know, fits the Saints' eye. Sometimes, you know, you go play golf. Some of those holes just, just work the way you want them to, and I think this is that type of game for the Saints. So I, I'm a little more confident than, than some other folks. I think the Saints are going to give them a good game today. Sit tight. We'll be back with more of First Take right after this. Stay tuned here on WWL Saints Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. 
It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.